God still has a special um, place in his heart for Jewish people kind of only. I have heard that stated and Gentiles are kind of looked at as, you know, not part of that promise. But Jesus says the opposite. And this is when these people here in Nazareth get infuriated by these two stories that Jesus tells the, his, his hometown. So they get infuriated that they weren't special, kind of. And so then at that point, they literally take Jesus and like grab him. Hey, faithful listener, grab your cup of coffee and experience the Bible in a way you never have before. P40 Ministries is a podcast that goes through the Bible cover to cover. It's an awesome narrative that focuses your mind and prepares your heart for God to speak. So join your host, Jen, for a biblical podcast that's hilarious, informative, imaginative, and fun. The P40 Ministries podcast. Listen now as we go through the book of Luke. Hello and good morning, faithful listeners. This is Jen with the P40 Ministries podcast. And I'm talking really quiet today because my husband is in the office next to me. And for some reason, when I record episodes and he's home, I get really nervous. (laughs) And even though he like listens to them, that doesn't bother me. But when I'm like recording the episodes and he's in the house, it's just really uncomfortable. So I told him, I'm like, okay, put your headphones in, shut your door. Don't listen to me while I'm recording. I don't know why. It's just, it's kind of weird for me. But all right, guys, let's go ahead and talk about Luke chapter 4, verses 16 through 29, or I'm sorry, 16 through 30, actually. And we're going to be talking about Jesus's um, uh, travels to Nazareth and how he basically just got like totally rejected by all the people he grew up with. So let's see what the Bible has to say. Let's read Luke 4, 16 through 30. I'll be reading out of W.E.B. Jesus came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. He entered, as was his custom, into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. The book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. He opened the book and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, and he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim release to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to deliver those who were crushed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord." Isaiah 61, verses 1 and 2. He closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of all the synagogue were fastened on him, so he began to tell them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. All testified about him and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Isn't this Joseph's son? He said to them, Doubtless you will tell me this parable. Physician, heal yourself. Whatever we have heard done at Capernaum, do also here in your hometown. He said, Most certainly I tell you, no prophet is acceptable in his own hometown. But truly I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the sky was shut up three years and six months, when a great famine came over all the land. 
Elijah was sent to none of them, except to Zarephath in the land of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. There were many lepers in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet, yet not one of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. They were all filled with wrath in the synagogue as they heard these things. They rose up, threw him out of the city, and led him to the brow of the hill that their city was built on, that they might throw him off the cliff. But he, passing through the middle of them, went on his way. This part of Luke is kind of interesting to me because of the fact that Jesus basically says right here that he is the Messiah in front of all of these people. And the people don't get mad about that. They get mad about the second part that Jesus says, which is kind of funny. So anyway, Jesus was finished being tempted by Satan in the wilderness for 40 days. So he leaves that and goes into Nazareth where he had been brought up. So he went into the synagogue in Nazareth, and it says that uh, he was going to be doing the teaching for that day. And from my understanding, people who were very learned could do a teaching in the synagogues on a typical uh, Sabbath day. So Jesus was the person who was going to be doing this teaching today. So it says that they handed him the book. And don't forget, I mean, Jesus grew up in the city of Nazareth. And even though, um, you know, the city of Nazareth wouldn't have been extremely small, it was small enough that they could recognize Jesus and people would have known who he was. And people would have been like, oh, you know, that's, you know, Mary and Joseph's son over there. Because everybody believed, obviously, that Jesus was not of God. They believed that he was Mary's son. And there was also... Um, uh, laughter we find out in the book of Mark, I think that the people were saying like, oh, well, you know, Mary's son, but was he Joseph's son? Implying that Mary uh, had him out of wedlock, had Jesus out of wedlock. But yeah, so Jesus is teaching in his hometown synagogue and he's allowed to do so. So they hand him the book of Isaiah and it says that he opened it and he found the place of Isaiah 61 verses 1 and 2, which literally talks about the Messiah. It says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. So this is talking, Isaiah here was talking about the Holy One. In other words, the Messiah, the coming Messiah. Everyone in this synagogue, if they were regular synagogue goers, they would have known that this passage was talking about the Messiah. So Jesus is stating that he is the Messiah by reading this out loud. He says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim release to the captives, recovering the sight of the blind and delivering those who are crushed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So Jesus finishes saying all this stuff and he gives the book of Isaiah back to the attendant is what it says. So Jesus hands it back to the attendant and so he sits down and so everybody is looking at him because they're like, oh, how is he going to teach about this? Like, what what's he going to say? So Jesus starts saying, basically, and, and Luke doesn't give everything that Jesus is saying. But what Luke is alluding to is that Jesus basically states to his hometown that he, in fact, is the Messiah. It says in verse 21, it says, Jesus began to tell the congregation, today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. 
So he's like, yeah, everything I just read in Isaiah 61, yeah, that that's happening right now. So that's what he says. And then all the people are just like listening to him. And it says that Jesus continues preaching about this. And he was preaching extremely graciously is what it says. And the people were actually wondering at the gracious words that proceeded out of Jesus's mouth is what it says. So basically, Jesus continues preaching, continues talking, and everybody's just like, wow, like, where did Jesus get all this wisdom? Isn't he Mary's son? Isn't he Joseph's son? And so they all ask this and they say, they say, isn't this Joseph's son? Like, where'd he get all this knowledge? One thing I mentioned a while back when we did the same story in the book of Mark was that the people were upset that Jesus was one of them, that they had grown up with him, that they knew him and that he was a carpenter and that he had all this knowledge without being schooled. They were upset by that. They were jealous, maybe. They were super jealous that Jesus all of a sudden, you know, was able to speak like this and was a fantastic orator. So they get mad. So then he, they start, Luke is implying here, that the crowd actually starts getting kind of mad. And Mark confirms this, that the crowd was getting mad. Mark also confirms that Jesus did perform some healings in Nazareth but not very many because the crowds were so against Jesus that there was no faith to perform these healings. So all Jesus could do was for a few sick people lay his hands on them because their faith was so weak and they did not believe Jesus was the Messiah. But they don't get angry at Jesus saying that he is the Messiah like some of the Pharisees do. They get angry about this next part, verses 23 through 27. So it's implied that the crowd here is asking Jesus questions and almost arguing with him. It's kind of what it sounds like to me. And so Jesus says to the crowd, he's like, doubtless, you will tell me this parable, physician, heal yourself. Whatever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in your own hometown. And so it's possible that they knew about some of the healings Jesus had performed because even though this was the start of Jesus's ministry, this was not the very, very beginning of Jesus's ministry. He did, in fact, have other things going on at this time. He did start perform to perform healings. Mark makes that very clear uh, before he went to Nazareth. And even here in Luke, if you go all the way back to um, verse 14, it says that Jesus returned in power of the spirit into Galilee and news about him spread through all the surrounding area. And he taught in their synagogues being glorified by all. So yeah, Jesus was already kind of popular at this point which could have contributed to the amount of um, irritation and jealousy that was happening here in his hometown in Nazareth. So people knew that he was performing healings all throughout um, Galilee. And so they probably thought that Jesus was going to like give special respect to Nazareth and perform healings there. I don't know exactly, but because Jesus kind of calls them out on that. He says to the crowd, he's like, Whatever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in your own hometown. It's almost as if Jesus is like restating what they had said to him right there. So almost as if they're trying to expect Jesus to give a, like special um, attention to Nazareth. And these Nazarene, Nazarene people, Nazareth people were uh, being very entitled <laughs> and expecting Jesus to do this stuff. So now Jesus starts saying like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. 
And he says here, which is really interesting, he talks about Gentiles. And so he says, most certainly I tell you, no prophet is acceptable in his own hometown. And then he lists two examples here of two different prophets, Elijah and Elisha, which were two prophets in the Old Testament that we haven't talked about yet. But it says that um, Jesus continues on with saying, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah. When the sky was shut up for three years and six months and a great famine came over all the land. So a backstory into that story that's written in, I think, first or second Kings. And Elijah predicted that this horrible famine was going to happen and no rain was going to fall. And it ended up happening and it was for three whole years. So God tells Elijah to go into this like Gentile area, a very um, looked down upon Gentile area and to go to a widow there who had a son. So Elijah goes and he ends up staying with this widow and her son for pretty much, I think, until the famine let up. And because Elijah was there, uh, God blessed this widow and continued to give her and her son food. And Elijah even healed her son from the the dead at one point because her son got so sick. Probably, I'm going to guess, from lack of food that um, he ended up dying. So Elijah healed her son and the woman and her son had enough food to last them until the end of the famine. So God took care of this Gentile widow in the middle of this famine because that widow had a heart for God. And then same here, this next story that Jesus says about Elisha, where it says that there were many lepers in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet, yet not one of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. So a backstory on that one, Elisha was another prophet that actually came right after Elijah. And Elisha healed this leper named Naaman, and he was a Syrian. He was a Gentile, but he wanted healing so badly that he basically kind of humbled himself and came to Elisha to find healing. And so Jesus is saying, like, God cares about Gentiles. Because at this time period, Israel did not believe God cared about Gentiles, actually. He, they believed that he only cared about Israelite people. And unfortunately, to this day, this is still, still something I have heard on different podcasts that I have listened to, is that God still has a special um, place in his heart for Jewish people, kind of only. I have heard that stated, and Gentiles are kind of looked at as, you know, not part of that promise. But Jesus says the opposite, and this is when these people here in Nazareth get infuriated by these two stories that Jesus tells the his his hometown. So they get infuriated that they weren't special, kind of, and they start getting so angry at Jesus because of what he was preaching and how he was preaching that Gentile life has value. And so then at that point, they literally take Jesus and like grab him. It says they were all filled with wrath in the synagogue as they heard these things. So they were infuriated. They were infuriated that Jesus was not giving them special attention. They were infuriated and probably jealous that Jesus uh, was rising to the top and that he was becoming famous. They were probably jealous for many reasons. And they did not want to hear this stuff. They didn't want to be told they were wrong. They didn't want to be told they were being entitled. So it says that they threw Jesus 
out of the city. So it sounds to me like they grabbed him. So these people, they rise up, throw Jesus out of the city, and they lead him to this hill. So apparently Nazareth was on top of a hill, and there was a cliff that was probably very high, and they were going to throw Jesus off this cliff and kill him right then and there. So Jesus performs a miracle right in front of all of these people, and he just walks out. (laughs) And it doesn't explain how he did that, but he just like walks through the crowd and goes on his merry way. And so it's just kind of funny, like that Jesus kind of does what the Nazareth people wanted, which was to perform these miracles for them, I guess, maybe. And Jesus just does it. But like, you know, Jesus just walks through this angry mob. And I wonder if there was like so much chaos that they didn't know what was happening and Jesus walked out. Or I watched a movie. I want to say I was really, really young when I saw this movie. And it was an adaptation of the book of Luke. And I remember... um in this movie, like time stopped and Jesus just walked through (laughs) the angry mob. And I don't know what movie that was, but I just remember that. I don't know if, if Jesus did that or not. To me, this sounds more like it was not a super, um, crazy miracle that's, you know, it doesn't sound like that to me. It kind of just sounds like he slipped away a little bit, but yeah, we find out going back to the book of Mark, where we talked about um, what we talked about last time, was that Jesus did have a couple disciples by this point, or a couple people at least following him around at this point. And he says to them, yeah, so prophets are not respected in their own hometowns. And that's because his hometown tried to kill him. So, I mean, yeah, Jesus definitely uh, was not respected in his own hometown and made that pretty clear to his disciples. But this kind of, you know, this is interesting because this makes a lot of sense to me now why Mary, Jesus' mother, was kind of so against him publicly speaking the way Jesus was speaking because Jesus was extremely controversial, so controversial. And at one point, Mary goes to him and says that he's being crazy and uh, Jesus doesn't listen. He keeps doing what he's doing. But to me... You know, maybe if Mary heard about this, that her son was about to be thrown off the cliff because of something he said, I can imagine that she was pretty concerned. And that might have been part of the reason why she tried to tell Jesus to stop and tried to uh, say that he was acting crazy. And yeah, so that makes a lot of sense to me. But um, was it right? No. (laughs) Obviously, Jesus had a mission to fulfill and Mary was trying to get in the way of that mission. But anyway, I'm rabbit trailing really hard now. But yeah, so this was Luke chapter four. And what we talked about today was basically how Jesus was just not respected in his own hometown. You know, the people uh, didn't want to hear what he had to say. They didn't want to hear that they were wrong. They didn't want to hear that Gentile life had value. And so they tried to throw Jesus off the cliff and then he performs that miracle where he just walks right out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But guys, you know, continue to do the giveaway because I've only had a couple people do it. And so if you guys don't end up doing it, I'm going to, um, I'm going to have to do another lecture where I talk to you guys and say, do the giveaway. (laughs) So yeah, definitely do the giveaway. All you have to do is just rate the podcast 
from wherever you listen from and just send me a screenshot to my email. That's really all you have to do and you're going to be entered to win a signed copy of my book and also a Lion of Judah tea which I drew and designed myself and a lot of people like it and actually I also like it and I'm my worst critic so I, I think it's a really interesting tea it's very soft and very comfortable so yeah that's what you can win so definitely do that guys and also tune in tomorrow we're going to be talking about uh, leviticus chapter 18 the beginning of all those sexual sins in leviticus 18 so tune in 6 a.m or whenever you wake up for tomorrow's episode but until then happy listening and god bless